morning. Oh, I'm hot. And you said it just loud enough. That's wonderful. I'm back from vacation. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me a vacation. I'm refreshed, renewed, excited, like people again. I'm really glad, really glad everyone is here. And I was thinking as uh, I wore these shoes. The last time I wore these shoes, I was standing on top of the roof. Uh, and last Sunday marks my first full year of gathering for worship in this sanctuary. Yeah. Right? Three years in, there's a little, little time coming, but now we're here. So we got a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be thankful for, a lot to praise God for. I have a couple announcements. One of them is VBS this week. If you don't know anything about it, you haven't been listening at all. And I shame on you. And sign up in the back or sign your grandchildren back up in the back um, after the service. I got a couple prayer updates. Um, Gil Keller is at end of life. He's, uh, he's over at Kindred Hospital in Westminster in and out of consciousness. He's not accepting phone calls, but he is accepting visits because it's, it's trouble for him to speak. Um, and just be praying for the whole family. Uh, and his sister lives on the East Coast somewhere, either Pennsylvania or Ohio. Does anybody remember? Anyway, um, her name is June Carter. Anyway, June Carter Cash. Anybody? Come on. Come on. Come on, people. Uh, the other update is Dick Clark is no longer going under viral treatments or going through viral treatments. He, now we're just praying bad to the bone. Right? That was on cue for Dick Clark. Uh, he is bad at the moment. He's tough as nails. And uh, his viral treatment of cancer is over. We're just praying for healing. Yeah. Round of applause. We're praying for healing. He'll find out what's going on at the beginning of September. Um, let's stand. And I'll call us to worship using Psalm 82. And this is from the Passion Translation. How good you are to me. When people turn to you, Yahweh, they discover how easy you are to please. So faithful, so true. Joyfully, you teach them the proper path, even when they go astray. Keep showing the humble path and lead us into the best decision. Bring revelation light that trains us in the truth. Loving are all your ways, Yahweh. Loving and faithful. Let's worship the loving and faithful triune God of the scriptures right now.
sing on yet? They weren't expecting me to do the children's message. That's, that's for sure. While they're coming up, I just wanted to, I forgot, it was in the side note. Um, when I was a pastor in Michigan, people from Michigan called Michigan the Mitt because it looks like, so when I was working in the Mitt, um, they come and we, they, during the winter, they would just say, it's flu season. And they would know what that meant. That meant you'd kind of stand further away from the people you love. <laughs> you wouldn't high five as much. You wouldn't hug as much. And I'll say that here at PCC. We're in virus season. It's not really flu season, but it's virus season. And there's varying degrees of trepidation and cautiousness. So just be mindful and put in the rule of love. Be thinking of the person right in front of you as you greet them or say hi to them. Right? That's clear enough, right? Okay, good. Hey, thanks for being up here. Rob, you're a handsome young man. All right. How many times, how, how often do you pray? Be honest. Several times a day. That's the pastor's kid right there. Right there. I owe you a 20. I owe you a 20. But honestly, how often do you guys pray? Several times a day. Every time you eat. Right? There was a guy named Brother Lawrence. He was a monk. And he's reading through Scripture, and he read the, the letter that Paul read, wrote to the Thessalonians. And it says, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. That's what I think, uh, the verse reference is 517. And he was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to never stop praying? Any, any thoughts? All day long. Have a conversation with God all day. Isn't that what prayer is? His common phrase would be, like, may you never say amen. Right? Amen. Amen, amen to that. <laughs> but that's difficult. Right? I don't know about you, but I'm a pastor, and I'm paid to do that, and I don't do it very well. Um, so he, he thought of some tricks. He thought of some mnemonic ways to um, continually pray to God, continually be in conversation with God. How often do you feel alone? Several times a day. That's, that's honest, right? Especially during the COVID time. I felt alone a lot. And him being, this Brother Lawrence, being a monk, he was, he was practicing solitude. And what's the difference between loneliness and solitude? That's what he said. I think that's going to be a key to, uh, to never stop praying. The, key, the difference between loneliness and solitude is the understanding that you're never alone. How come you're never alone? There it is. Volunteer leader. Somebody buy him a Mazda Miata by the end of the week. Simon, congratulations on graduating, team. Good job, buddy. And so he takes this, this idea. And he's this monk. He's always alone. He's always just by himself. He's doing dishes. He was actually a dishwasher 
like he was in charge of washing the dishes in this mo- in this monastery. So he starts he he thinks of this idea. The way I can turn my loneliness into solitude and therefore never stop praying is to simply associate everything I see right in front of me with God and start talking to God about it. I pray over the person that ate off of this dish. Elsie, I pray, thank you, God, for Oscar and Mittens, our kitty cats, you know? Um, What's something at your house? You have a cat? What's your cat's name? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You're anywhere near Donna. There's going to be animals. (laughs) You pray, you say, hey, God, thank you for this animal. Thank you for that animal. Thank you for horses. You've probably seen a horse or two. Um, And he noticed that as he started doing this, he got really good at it. And the next step was to stop listening to God, all the things that you're thankful for and praying for, and to listen. And that'll be next children's message. But um, practice that this week, especially as you roll into VBS. Praise God a lot for Terry, right? And your teachers and all that jazz. Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you so much for loving us. I thank you so much. Um, for sending your one and only son to die for us. I pray that you would help us to talk to you more readily, more honestly, and more consistently, day in, day out. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. I want to see you.
I see you kindly lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. We sing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. We sing, holy, holy, holy. We want to see you. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I, I want to see you. The last time.
people born of water and the Spirit. We have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show his love to our life's end. Although we fail to fulfill these baptismal vows, God's faithful love endures forever. Confident of God's grace, let us confess our sin and the sins of the world. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all offenses, and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Brian. I'm going to move this over here. So, is this going to make you get feedback? You'll yell at me later. Philip just gave me a thumbs up. That's good. Whoo! See if we can still do this, right? I'm a preacher, I think. I miss you guys in this respect. I I miss getting in front and sharing God's word with you. Um, I was going, Thursdays are my sermon prep day. And my ideal Thursday, my ideal sermon prep day is I carry a beach chair out to Tower Number 9 over in Huntington Beach early in the morning, and I read scripture, and I read all the commentaries, and I'm doing my homework, that kind of thing. Um, I'm walking, and I see some sandals buried in the sand, and I'm like, oh yeah, free stuff, because that's, that's how my mind works. <laughs> I'm like, I love free stuff. 
But then that drew me back to one time we were driving. I was driving home in my Prius in Michigan, and there was a wheelbarrow right by the side of the road. I'm like, oh, my gosh, a free wheelbarrow. I put it in the back of the Prius, and I drove it home. And I was like, what if that's what somebody uses for their trash can, for their green stuff, which is what it was. I had to put it back. Anyway, so the sandals buried in the sand. I had that thought, and I was laughing about the wheelbarrow in Michigan. So I'm like, okay, it's probably somebody's sandal. They're on a run. And so, okay, good. I'm reading scripture. I'm reading all this stuff. The owner of the sandals comes back, and he's right, and I'm really near it. He, he, he gets his sandals, and they're not as buried as he was, and he's kind of looking around. <laughs> he's like, who tried to steal my sandals? That's what I think he was thinking, but I don't know. I go, uh... I like to meet people. Have you met me? I go, hey, Jason, pastor, how are you doing? How was your run? And he said, uh, it was excellent. And he said, what are you, what are you running for? Um, and he says, actually, I'm training. I'm training, and I'm, I'm Air Force, and I'm trying to get into um, Special Forces Air Force. And I have two physicals. Cause, and then I, the next question was, how can I be praying for you? How can I be praying for you? And I asked his name. His name is Brad. He says, how can, I be, how can I be praying for you, Brad? Brad goes, well, I'm getting into the special forces. I have two physicals, and that's why I'm running. Um, I want to make sure I'm in shape, you know? And those two physicals have to happen before August 29th, and then I choose a ship, and I ship out. So I said, okay, I'll be praying for you until August 29th. And I, he says, um, as he's running away, he goes, Thank you, Pastor. And it hit me. Every once in a while, I forget I'm a pastor. I don't know if you, I don't know if you forget you're Christians. I don't know if you forget like what you're up to. But every once in a while, I forget I'm a pastor. And this guy rattling it loose, reminding me of what's really important. My identity in, in Christ. Amen. And then as I got back into the text, that's what this text is all about. The text this morning in the series, Lift Up Your Gaze, is the opening part of Paul's letter to the people of Colossae, this early church, this this newly formed church in Colossae. As far as background is, Paul's in prison. He's in prison in Ephesus, which is about... 100 miles, it's on the coast, Colossae's 100 miles inland. And it's a small town, this new church has just been planted there. And he kicks off with these words. Well, I should also say, it's short. Because at the same time, he wrote Philemon. And they probably traveled together, these two letters. The letter to Philemon, uh, uh, actually it was to Onesimus? No, it was on behalf of Philemon. Do you remember? Somebody look up who's Philemon to. Open up Philemon. Does anybody have a Bible? A phone. What? It's to Philemon. On behalf of Onesimus. There's a Bible scholar right there. Round of applause, Mike Chase. Oh, yeah. You owe me a, I owe you a cartwheel. I owe you a cartwheel later. Okay, so this is a brief letter because it probably traveled with Philemon. It's to Philemon on behalf of the, the freed slave Onesimus. 
Amazing letter. I preached on that earlier in the summer. Um, Colossians 1, 1 through 14. It reads like this. And a lot of times, I'm reading out of the NRSV, just for anybody that wants to know. And that's because I was told that these pew Bibles are NRSV, but they're not. They're not NIV. But I don't know. I just committed to the NRSV. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Colossae, in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, I want to pause right there. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to say that a couple of times. I think we're going to do this a little different. We're going to read a little bit and we're going to look at these things for a second. Paul, what's his identity? An apostle. What is apostle? That means sent one. Paul knows he's in this prison, but he knows he's on mission no matter where he is, location wise. His identity is a sent one. A sent one on behalf of who? Jesus Christ. Yeshua Mashiach. The Messiah. The Rescuer. There's one of my favorite times preaching through this letter. There's a commentary out there about how anti-establishment this letter is. Because if, if Jesus is the Christ, if Jesus is the Messiah, if Jesus is the rescuer, who isn't? All the kings, all the governors, all the senators. In fact, I was working at St. Andrews, and that's all, my all-time favorite graphic was made up by a, a woman named Amanda Boyer, and it was Rage Against the Empire. And it was of the Apostle Paul punching. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, look it up online. That's a long time Okay, and Timothy's there. And then he says this, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, in Colossae. When's the last time you've realized and just sat with the truth that you are a saint? In Christ Jesus, you are a saint who sins and not the vice versa. His work on the cross redeems, justifies, sanctifies all of it, turns the tables inside out, the insides of you, our child of God, saint, material. Then he, he dispenses two huge commodities that everyone in this world is striving for, starving for. Grace. I could go hours on just that word. Grace. You're trying to find it and you can't. Unmerited favor, it's, not, it's beyond that. It's bigger than that. 
peace, shalom, wholeness, home. He kicks off this letter and he's just dispensing these identity things, uh, like identity pillars and these attributes that link us to this God that absolutely adores us and is the only source in which we can find peace in this storm. I'll do the next section bigger. Otherwise, we'll be here for four hours. Okay. Everybody still with me? Okay, good. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus the Christ. You could also say King Jesus the Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, you have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it is bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, or slave. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. In the Spirit. This is Trinitarian. Who's been mentioned so far? Father, Son, and in the Spirit. What's that Spirit? Capital S. And you bring it up later as the power. He's mingling identity and prayer. And he starts with this gratitude. What's your favorite letter you've ever received? Anyone? You got a letter from Ronald Reagan? Right on. I, my buddy had it. That's a cool. That's, I want to see it. Do you still have it? Oh, long lost it. Jeff? That's, I came back from vacation, and since I've been here, I haven't been able to open my windows, the front windows of my office. I came back, and they were working like a dream, and Jeff had told me he'd done it. It's, I was like, I was walking on cloud nine all week. I was watch this. I can open my windows. Bing Crosby, I've heard that story. Ask, her, ask Roberto about that story. That's a story worth listening to. I would love to be in Colossae, the church at Colossae, just to receive this letter. Paul exercises his theological muscles in these first 14 verses like crazy. It's intense how much is in there. And it's intertwined identity and gratitude, especially the part I just talked about. And And he says, here's some things that identify you. They're new believers. They're still learning the ropes. They're still figuring it out. And he says, here's some things that I see in you that you should keep up, that's going to mark you amongst this world. By the way, is it hard to be a Christian at this time of world history or easy? 
very hard. The persecution is intense. That's what we're going through times a billion. They're throwing Christians in Colosseums and having them fight against lions. It's getting crazy. And Paul is throwing this line and he's saying, man, I'm praying for you. I'm sitting in prison. Do you have a lot of time or a little time in prison? A lot of time. And he's saying, I'm praying for you all the time in this cell. And I'm doing it and I'm smiling. You can almost see him smiling. He's like, I am grateful to God for you because you get a couple things that set you apart from this world. One of them is you have your hope laid up in heaven. And that goes along with our sermon series, Lift Up Your Gaze. A a, a defining attribute as, as followers of Jesus, we continue to live in the kingdom triumphant now as our hope. This stuff's only temporary. That stuff's eternal. This stuff doesn't really matter. That stuff really does. That marks these people in Colossae. What's some other things that I just read? Shout them out if anybody can see anything. They have faith in Jesus Christ. That means their belief in, I've done this a million times, you know, you have a stool. There's no stools on here. There's stools over there. You have faith in Jesus Christ. You picture me sitting on one of those stools. That means I have faith in Jesus Christ. He is supporting all my weight. I'm, I'm held up by the Messiah, the chosen one, the rescuer. We're bearing fruit. We're spreading joyful bits of flavor. Any gardeners in here? What's your favorite fruit, gardeners? Somebody said tomatoes. They're tricky because a strawberry, uh, tomato is a fruit and a vegetable. Checkmate. Somebody's in here a real gardener, right? Are you bearing fruit? These questions always, they they come out of this text and pop into us. Are you resting in Christ or are you resting in other places? Are you bearing fruit? Are you handing out gifts of beauty and deliciousness? Right? What's another thing? They comprehend the grace of God. I get a picture of, you ever been to SeaWorld? Just those whales swimming in grace. I don't know why I picture that. (laughs) That has nothing to do with the text. But whatever word picture helps you, that's what you should think of right there. Comprehend it. They just bask in grace. They, they, they live, they breathe in it. They, they explore it. They think about it. When's the last time you thought, you like intentionally wrote in your journal or wrote in your planning thing, I want to sit and comprehend and think about God's grace and love for me. If it's been a while, put it in there. Even right now, I won't be offended. Even if you use your phone thingy. But don't play any games. Um... And then right at the end, it really makes it real for me. He says, 
Let's pause for a minute and just thank God for Epaphras. Think about that Epaphras guy. I wonder if he's thinking, he's sitting in the kingdom triumphant, and every time he's mentioned, like his name is mentioned, he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they're down in Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. They're doing the lectionary text right now, and he just said my name. If it wasn't for me, God used me and put me smack dab in the Colossae, and I, I taught them about how God loved them so much that Jesus was sent by the Father to save them from themselves, to save them from sin and death, and to rescue them and transform them into this new creations. Oh, and I never said, never mind, we'll do it in the next one. Okay, we'll finish this up. For this reason, what reason? The Spirit made loan for us the love of the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking. This is when the prayer shifts a little, but I'll come back to it. That you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious dunamis, his dynamite power from the Spirit. And may, may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He who, Jesus our King, has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. I forgot to do that in between the second section, but you remember that, right? Because that's God's word. This is my word. Right? There's a difference. And the Spirit mingles His Word to meet with you. A little um, homiletics. How's the end? He switches. He starts with His own identity, and then He dishes out some grace and some peace, and then He moves into praising God and thanking God, but then wrapping identity and prayer together. And then at the end, he turns up the heat. He just turns the corner, and he turns, and he starts praying for us. He starts praying for the church of Colossae. And then at the end, he just does the roundhouse, like punch with this identity, knockout truth. He turns the corner and starts praying for them. What's he start praying for them for? grace they've already been like he knows that they're doing and comprehending the fullness of God's grace but he says I want you to get it more I want you to understand that seriously he writes to the people in Rome that nothing can separate us from the love of God nothing on on earth nothing above the earth nothing below the earth nothing It's a grace that if you try and outrun it, you can't. 
If you hide from it, you can't. If you try and do anything, you can't. It's this huge enveloping truth. And he wants them to be filled with that grace. And he's not, he's, he's not stop praying for them to be filled with God's will. This is Danny, one of your, this is your favorite verse, right? This one? Yeah. What's God's will? Oh, yeah. Give thanks. He's praying for them to get this huge truth that if you want to live out God's will, it's super simple. Say thank you a lot. Have gratitude, gratitude like permeate. Have your grumpy faces turned into joyful ones, right? Everybody fake smiled at me right then. That was my favorite moment as a pastor of this local outpost. That was awesome. Everybody went. I love you guys a lot. That's exactly what I wanted. You know, what's some other things he prays for? That you'd be filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you'd really comprehend these deep, deep truths that are found in this book. Not just for knowledge's sake, too. This is the only thing that you don't read just to check it off your reading list, your summer's reading list. This is, we read this so that the Spirit might use these things that we might live worthy lives. That's what it says. We might live worthy lives. And what's your first step in living worthy life? Gratitude. And understanding that you're in grace. You can't outrun it. What's another one? Endurance. Endurance. Do we need endurance right now? Absolutely. Day in, day out. The struggles hitting us left and right. But the secret is all that the power doesn't come from inside of me or anywhere else other but it comes from God, which is inside of me. So it does come from inside of me, but through the Holy Spirit. And then he does these identity things right at the end. You have an inheritance that you and I share with Jesus the Christ from God the Father. You do nothing. You go to God right now. You have inheritance from God the Father. I think there's a misconception that we're not supposed to want things from our Heavenly Father. We don't want to, like the, the whole prodigal son parable is a warning against wanting to be with God for the stuff he gives you. Because we don't want to be a person who wants to be with God just for the stuff he gets you, he gives you. Paul is saying something totally different, but he's saying an equally true truth. 
you, filled with the Spirit, in Christ Jesus, wanting to be with the Father, the Father says, everything I got is yours. Another question. Does God have a lot of things or a little of things? A lot, right? And this ties back to what he was saying earlier. He's saying, you guys are marked by having your eyes set on the things that you're hoped for. They're not just pipe dreams. Our God's real, and he's saying this to these people that are going through some serious storms, and this is serious truth that they need in the midst of this darkness, and we need it just as much, right? Amen? And so he's saying this, and he's saying, you are marked by your hope. Listen, that hope is real. That faith is real. And in the end, it's going to get you with your head raised high, this inheritance that you can't possibly fathom how beautiful, how amazing, how glorious it is. Picture the most beautiful place you've ever been. Picture the richest house you've ever been in. Those are all dwarfed by what it's going to be like to be in the presence of God, the Father, the maker of the universe, the placer of the stars, the creator of those fish that we're still discovering at the bottom of the Pacific. Jesus says, you guys know how to good gifts, give gifts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till you see what my dad gives you. You're going to realize how stupid it was you worrying about things down here. And then he says, you are not only an inheritor of everything that is God the Father's, you are a rescued one. But you're not rescued just for rescue's sake. Is the AC on, by the way? Have my pits connected yet? Gosh, it's hot up here. Everybody freezing, I apologize. I'm a large, large man. He says, I'm not rescued. You're not rescued for just rescued sake. You're rescued to be something. You're rescued from to something. What are you rescued to? To serve, right? Serve where? In the kingdom. Remember he said earlier that I, this, this, this could also be translated Lord, that curios can be Lord, and it can also be King. He's in the service of King Jesus, and we're living in his kingdom. And we're not only given this and promised this inheritance, but we're also made into kingdom people, kingdom women, kingdom men of God. Our king isn't down here. This is, this is where he starts to turn up the amp, and this is, becomes like, a, a, like a, re, a rebel letter. But he says, you're, you're rescued from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. I'm out, of sen- I'm out of time, otherwise I'd go on another sermon. But applications. What are some applications? Anybody? Why well, I've been standing up here. 
I'd say, what, I'll ask you some questions, and you'll give me some, what marks you as a Christian? Your faith. Somebody said faith. That's application number one. Faith. What? Our joy. That's right. That's over and over in this text. That's in faith. Your your daughter covered you, but I still love you. Hope. We're marked by our eyes continually being lifted up. Our gratitude, like Danny continually preaches whenever he has a sermon. Give us. You ready for the sermon? No, later. Gratitude. These are all responsibilities of us as the body of Christ. He's writing this to this letter uh, to this little church that's just started in Colossae. Let's, let's picture he's written it straight to us. In the 60-year-old outpost of God's kingdom. And it's, let's live in this text. I'm going to pray for us. God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for each and every man, woman, and child in this place and listening on the podcast. I pray that you would sear it onto our souls that we are saints, that we, we have inheritance, God's, the Heavenly Father's inheritance through Jesus the Son and by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would mark us. Mark us as people who love each other without limits. Who show compassion. Who bear fruit. Who endure. Who have patience. Who get lost in the hope of your return. Who swim in the oceans of your grace. And all God's people said, Now it's part of the service where we continue in worship and we give back to God just a portion. There's a song right now? Okay. I don't think it's in the bulletin.
Please be seated. Now, now, this is the time in the service where we ask for your tithes and your offerings. For those at home um, listening on the podcast, mail them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And those of us in the sanctuary, you can leave them the offering plates on your way out. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. with you a very familiar scripture passage. Ask, 
and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Those first words, ask and it will be given, actually, the way it's translated, means keep on doing it. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. So as we go to our time of prayer, we are asking and asking and asking. So please join me in prayer. Gracious God, you have called us to be the church of Jesus Christ. Keep us one in faith and service, breaking bread together and proclaiming the good news to the world that all may believe you are love and turn to your ways. We now bring the needs of the church, the world, and all in need of your loving care, and we keep on asking. God of love, our hearts ache as we know yours does at the violence in our world. How sad to see families enjoying a community parade and finding themselves targets of gunfire. How many times we have come before you, praying for healing for victims and comfort for the bereaved. Today we think of the eight-year-old who survived but will never walk again, and the two-year-old who instantly became an orphan, and the woman who was a youth leader, and others the lives forever changed by one senseless act. And then we see a respected political leader in Japan assassinated by a gunman who held different political beliefs. When will it end? You sent Jesus to break down walls of hostility that divide us. Send peace on this earth. Put down greed, pride, and anger. Teach us to live together without hate and prejudice. Lead us to be peacemakers. Mighty God, you are sovereign over the nations. Direct those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that guided by your wisdom, they may lead us in paths of righteousness. We pray, too, for those that govern all countries, that with goodwill and justice they may work to draw the world together in peace. We continue to pray for the Ukraine that their battles may lead to their continuing independence. Merciful God, look with compassion on all those who are sick or recovering. Cheer them by your word and bring healing as a sign of your grace. We pray for day, today for Gil Keller, who is approaching the end of his earthly life and preparing to meet you. Give him peace at this time. 
Surround him with your love. Be with Gretchen Franklin as she faces declining health. And as Patty Ernest deals with painful symptoms from her chemo, we pray for those symptoms to lessen and for the healing from the chemo to be evident. We continue to pray for Kay Deer and Dick Clark as they undergo their cancer treatments. And we give thanks for any signs of healing. Be with Pat Leahy as she begins her recuperation from the abdominal surgery she had this week. Be with all who need your healing touch. We continue to pray for those infected with COVID and other viruses that their illness and recovery is speedy and without complications. Show us the way to live safely with this disease. As we enjoy our mild summer weather, we pray for those who are suffering in the high heat. We pray for rain for our drought-parched state, and we pray for protection against fire. Receive all these prayers in the tenderness of your mighty hand. And keep us forever in the safety of your outstretched arms, we ask, through Christ the Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you all to stand and sing that wonderful old hymn, Trust and Obey.
That song had that many verses. Did you know that it had that many verses? Uh, the last ones were my favorite, though. The fight against the frown and stuff. I think that tied in with the text. Um, thank you for joining us this morning in worship. And I hopefully see you next week. Uh, if you have any kids or grandkids, bring them to VBS. Uh, we'll make room if there isn't. But for now, re- receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.